This is the Banker Bob Thought for September the 6th. As I get older, I make a detailed shopping list before heading out. Then I leave the shopping list on the counter and try to guess what was on it when I get to the store. Fans, welcome to Wrappin' on Racing, September 6, 2021. Joining me now is co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, Don. I had a, a fun weekend. was able to make it over to Lernerville on Friday, then down to Pittsburgh to help Jim Soup all out on Saturday evening. And be, before I, we, I get into anything, I just as for our listeners that are tuning into the you know the the podcast, I hope as you're listening to this, I hope you and you and your family or your friends enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. It's kind of a, uh, a sign that summer's coming to an end and. With that, also racing season's winding down, and I guess for us racetrack junkies, we're going to be sad over these next couple months to see racing disappear. So while you're out there, enjoy it while you can. I like that term, racetrack junkies. You know, I got a, an, an interesting email from Dale Minjock. It says, I was listening to the August 30 wrapping on racing, and you made a comment that brought back a memory uh, with... Uh, Harold Godin winning the 1957 Tri-State Championship at Heidelberg. And I sent back to him and said, I'm glad you enjoyed the memory. Godin was in the right place at the right time. I had forgotten what happened. Dick Linder was leading the race, got a flat tire turn four of the last lap, and Godin just happened to be in the right place at the right time. He was driving for Cal Fry, and the next time we go to Jennerstown, I'll show you where Cal's garage, it was a little wooden two-car garage, and uh, Godin did a nice job. It was car number 27, so... Uh, a memory that came back for Dale Minjock, and I, I never know. We get all kinds of emails. We get all kinds of requests, but that one was uh, important enough that I wanted to share it with the listeners. Well, I, I think that just tells you the broad base, you know, across western Pennsylvania and across the nation, you know, that listen to us. And uh, 
you know, if I, I think about that, if he was up there by the garage by Jennerstown again, I'm not sure what the PA turnpike system was like back in 1957 or if it was EV existent. But to make that trek down Route 30 to Heidelberg or all the way to Heidelberg, that had to take like hours. Yeah, yeah. And I think Minjock was just a kid at the time. I, I get so many emails, uh, but I believe he, maybe he was seven years old. But uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sure he'll get back to me. Dave, uh, why don't you kick things off with Lernerville? Yeah, Friday at Lernerville saw Alex Ree and his five-second-plus advantage over the fielder race with two laps to go in the Precise Racing Products late-model main event as the caution flag wave making for a green-white checkered finish. When action resumed, Ree managed to finish the job, crossing the line of heading ahead of promising driver Logan Zarin to collect his second win of the season at Lernerville in the number one Cochrane automotive machine. I was so impressed with Logan Zarin. I mean, he's only been in the Supers, what, one year? Yeah, he, uh, you know, we, you know, we had the big, I mean, it's hard to believe, we had the big announcement back in March uh, when, you know, Logan and his dad, Jim, came on the show and said, you know, in addition to the crate, we purchased the second car, and I, I think that's, He's had a bunch of good, strong runs. I think that's his best finish at second. He's got a third. And the other thing that's good about it, you know, and it's nice when you have a, you know, a father or a mentor that's able to help you. And, you know, he was at Port Royal this past weekend. He's getting out and traveling. And there is no substitute for time behind the wheel, but to take a notebook and to expand it at tracks that you raced in, uh, obviously, you know, he's had a good career in the crates he's still doing he's still racing now but it, it's nice to see the young kids uh logan and levi yetter uh venturing out and, and doing well because is the alex Ferries get a little bit older uh, much like lynn geisler they're not going to be around forever bright stars bright futures for logan and levi hey our guests tonight include jennerstown general manager billy rebar Steve Singo, hobby stock driver, Matt Bernard from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, announcer and good friend Mike Dutko, late model drivers Alex Free, Michael Norris, and Chris Lander. Uh, Howie Bayless talked to Michael Norris when he won the Labor Day 55 at Bedford. I have an interview with 11-time feature winner from Lake Trobe Speedway, Anthony Montepart, to discuss his season. I have an interview with 11-time feature winner from Lake Trobe Speedway, Anthony Montepart, and he's going to discuss his season. But then, since I recorded that, he turned around and picked up win number 12. So he is really on a roll. Bill Cortrell covered the Red Miley Rumble, and Jim Zufo has all the highlights from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Tom Lang has all the information on the big events coming up at Dragway 42 and the IHRA Bracket Finals. want to let everybody know that some of our scheduled guests for next Monday include Andrew Gordon and Jeremiah Shingledecker. You were telling me about the interview with Shingledecker and how his wife got started as his mechanic and crew chief. I did, and uh, it's and I don't want to spoil too much of it, but, Don, you've been around a long time, and this sport is predominantly male-dominated, and and we could probably give Travis a call. And to see the young women as they're coming up now, they're 
race engineers, the crew chiefs. I know, uh, I can't think what the lady's name, I think it's Heather for Dennis Herb. She travels across the country, and she, it's her and Dennis, you know, a one-man band. And so there are jobs out there for women in sports, and it doesn't always have to be in the, you know, the media side of it. And I think the listeners, and especially our, our female listeners, will be interested to hear what Lexi has to say about her 20 year, 26 years with Jeremiah. Well, you mentioned women and uh, people that might be uh, associated with Travis Geisler. Andrea, I'm not sure of her last name, is an engineer on the Xfinity uh, team. So uh, it's it's very nice to see that because I'm old enough to remember when they wouldn't even allow women in the pits. So we've come a long way, and there's a lot of talented drivers. For example, Daryl Charlier won the Red Miley Rumble, and I have a beautiful picture from Ashley of Daryl and his wife in Victory Lane, and she's going to be a good driver. Yeah, she's up. Uh, and the great part about Daryl, he's won about everything there, and as Jim Zufall was interviewing last night in Victory Lane, you know, off to the corner, there's a fourth generation coming up. So you've seen three of them race, three generations raced on. And, you know, if things go well, and, you know, and I know he's already in a go-kart down at Schaefer, so maybe in a few years. And, you know, I know I'm getting old when the four-cylinder division winner last night at Pittsburgh is a 13-year-old. And I interviewed him, I said, most people 13 years of age are sitting in the grandstands watching, not winning races, and it was the second feature win of the year. I actually had the pleasure of racing with Daryl's grandfather, uh, a great guy. All, all the drivers in the family, they were all winners, all, all three generations. Just It was a pleasure to uh, know these people, and I always look forward to seeing them. Yeah, and one thing, I, I want to share this with the listeners, and this, that will be my wrap-up, and we all, you always talk about how people, race drivers, help each other. Well, I was in Victory Lane interviewing Nick Kachuba last night, and in the heat race, or actually he started in hot laps, he broke something, and he needed it welded. So he, had, he went over to Brian Hutchko, and Brian pulled his welder you know, off of his hauler, and they welded it up and came back from the heat race, broke again. They re-welded it, and the two battled for the entire 15 laps, one and two, with, you know, Nick getting the win and Brian in second. But in victory lane, I said, you know, Nick, just think about that. You know, here's a guy that you were broke, you weren't going to start, he got you fixed, you beat him, and he finished second. But the camaraderie and the sportsmanship is priceless. If you look up sportsmanship in the dictionary, you'll see Brian Hutchko's name. Yeah, just a, a great, you know, great example of what you always tell the listeners, and we can share a story like that because social media doesn't always pick that up, and if you don't happen to be there, it, uh, it kind of just sometimes spoils the moment. Dave, excellent report. I thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Don. This portion of Rapid on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. 
they believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Rebar. Listeners, joining us now is Billy Rebar, the general manager at the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, my people are telling me it's some really good racing Saturday night. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Mother Nature was absolutely fantastic. As I continue to say, she seems to be one of our biggest fans this season as we get the most racing we've done in the past several years. And it didn't disappoint on the track as well. We had a great crowd, great turnout in the pits, and great racing. Very clean racing. Uh, hats off to the opening feature of the night, which is the Soystown Auto Record Modified Division. Probably the cleanest race I've seen in that division the entire season. Uh, you know, we've have some cars getting tore up and some hard feelings among drivers they all gave each other room they ran a very very clean race uh and ultimately in you know, a starting position means a lot nancy aiello and tom golick who is your first and second in points which they're just separated by just three points on going into next week's racing uh they started on the front row well you know the cream rises to the top when you have two of the fastest car on the front row you know they're going to be hard to beat uh, ultimately, Anthony Aiello was able to visit Stoney's Victory Lane. Tom Golick finished second. Adam Henry in yet another impressive start. RJ Delapi was fourth. And our third place points finisher, Doug Lesnar, who was last week's winner, finished fifth. So we have a really, really tight points battle in those Stoystown Auto Record Modifieds. It's going to come down to the wire, Dawn. Uh, one of the things I want to mention on the show, we announced it to the drivers, and this has been our policy the last seven years. The points will conclude on Saturday, September 18th, regardless if we race or not. What I mean by that is there are some tracks in the area that if their final night gets rained out, they add a week, and then they add a week, and they add a week. We do not do that. These drivers plan their schedules, their, their weddings, their vacations, around the race season as we post it. Our points will conclude on the 18th. And as I said, Antiel has a three-points lead over Tom Golick, and Doug Lesnar is 15 points back in third place. That one's going to come down to the, the, the wire, Don. 
It's a wise decision because everybody understands no partiality, no preferential treatment. When it's over, it's over. That's right, and that's what we try to do. It's all on the table, and they're well aware of that. In the Ron's Collision Center street stocks, I uh, was Casey Flegel once again returning to Stoney's Victory Lane, but it didn't look like that might have happened a little earlier in the race. Uh, Casey has an extremely fast car, but some of the competitors are really stepping up to the plate, as we mentioned before. Greg Burbage seems to rise to the front every week. Uh, unfortunately, Greg made some contact with Rick, Rick Melab, damaging Greg's car, sending pit side. He wasn't able to finish. Brought us to the restart. Casey Flegel restarted in the second or third position. Uh, Mel Wilt was running up front, got to lead some laps the other night. Great to see him. But Casey was your winner. Mel Wilt second, and Aaron Van Fleet rounded out the top three. Um, Casey is just so competitive in that car. And, you know, he, he's, he's going to win races when he can start up front, but he has his work cut out when he's deeper in the field. But when cautions come out, that allows people to advance positions. So, uh, Casey continues to have the most wins on the season. I'm yeah. not a fortune teller, but how long is it going to be before Casey's in a late model? Well, I think it's kind of up in the air as to if it's going to be a late model or a pro stock. But uh, talking to Casey quite a bit, and we're kind of communicating about some cars and what are out there on the market. But I definitely think you're going to see Casey uh, move up to either a pro stock or a late model here next season. So. Once uh, once we know what's going on, I think we'll get them on the show with you, huh? Great. Okay. Moving on to the Somerset Trust Company, Fast and Furious 4s. We had a really exciting race here between Caleb Vasses and Jason Trescott. Uh, Jason Trescott got out to the early lead, and it looked like he was poised to maybe get his first career win. And fortunately, Colton Buchanan had some mechanical failure on the backstretch. He tried to drift around, wasn't able to get the car into pits bringing out the caution uh, on a restart. Jason got a great jump, but Caleb was able to get around him. So Caleb Vasses returns to Stoney's victory lane. Jason Trescott with a career-high second-place finish and third one to Michael Mole. Really great four-cylinder race this past Saturday, Don. They're all good, but just clean, side-by-side, hard racing. Those guys really respect each other, and it's fun to watch them do battle every week. Moving on to the one-stop auto sales pro stock division, uh, we had a pretty exciting moment there. We had a three-wide incident uh, with Adam Constelling, Dell Kimberly, and Will Hemminger in the middles of turns three and four. Ultimately, Will Hemminger and uh, Dell Kimberly made some contact, resulting in a caution. Both drivers got out, had to assess their damage. Dale was not able to continue the night. Uh, Will Hemminger was able to return to the racetrack. Unfortunately, uh, he was not able to rally past the seventh-place finish from the damage of those cars. And Adam Kostelnik returned to Stoney's victory lane in the pro stock. And second-place finisher was Josh Dunmire, who's only in a second start, finds himself finishing in the second position. And third place went to our dear friend Chris Brink, a uh, big fan of the show. He's been helping me out with the invocation. As Pastor Gary hasn't been feeling well, but uh, Adam returned to victory lane. Josh and Chris round out the top three as we had 12, yet again, 12 one-stop auto sale pro stocks at the, the track here this past weekend. Really excited to see, really excited to see this division in their inaugural year with 12 cars. I mean, they have a dozen cars that a division you just created. Talked to three more guys Saturday night that plan on looking into this division. Some familiar names, some names from the past. So great things to come in that division. 
I would really be looking forward to seeing the 07 with a Dunmar in victory lane at some point in time. That would just be great. It's going to happen. Uh, Josh is just really seems comfortable in the car. He's found some speed. I did notice they posted something. They must have some uh, scheduling conflicts. I don't think they're going to run the last two races because they have stuff going on. I'm not sure unless something changes. Um, but big things to come for them in the 2022 season. In the Martell's Pharmacy Late Model Division, uh, we talked over the last week that Gary Wiltrout missed a couple weeks. Uh, I wasn't feeling real well. Uh, Gary actually started on the outside pole to Zane Farrell who uh, looked very fast. He won his heat race earlier in the night. And when the green dropped, Gary got the early drop, uh, jump. He led the first 28 laps until the caution came out. Uh, we had an incident on the backstretch with a few drivers, but it was pretty much uh, all Gary Will throughout the whole night. Zane Farrell was able to get to the bumper. He was even able to get under him a little bit, but he couldn't get this car to quite cut the way he needed to. Wasn't able to do so on the restart, and Gary Will Trout returned to Stoney's victory lane. For yet another win, second place went to Zane Farrell, third to Jared Barclay, and fourth to Ethan Myers and Barry Audi rounded out the top five. Really exciting, close racing once again in the late model division. Um, still a couple guys like Zane looking for his first win of the season. He's just right there on the doorstop, just can't quite do it. Uh, tires play a big part of this, Dawn. You know, these guys are allowed a tire allotment. It helps control costs and things, and some guys use tires earlier in the season versus later in the season, and two tires versus four tires make a big difference in any of these divisions, but especially in the late models. I have Zane uh, scheduled for next Monday's show, and we're going to get some of his thoughts on how well he's been running, and I see big things for him in 2022. Well, I know working closely with Zane, uh, you're not going to find more people more excited about the 2022 season. I know we still got two more races here, but... Uh, We've really been putting in the time and the effort, and he is doing well in the driver's seat. We've really hit on something here setup-wise, and we're ready to reset the clock. I mean, these point races are really tight all the way through the field, and, you know, at this late in the game, it's pretty hard to make up too much ground, but when you've you got drivers already talking and looking forward to next season, that, that's exciting for everybody. As exciting as that was Saturday, I'm thinking next Saturday is going to be even more exciting when you focus on the points and all the excellent racing. Wow. Yeah, really excited for the return of the Isma Super Modified Series here at Jennerstown Speedway. Uh, earlier in the year, we, we were communicating with them, and with the Canadian border being closed and stuff, we weren't real sure how car count was going to work or drivers being able to get across from Canada. Uh, all kind of obstacles. Well, I can pretty much confirm we're looking between 16 and 20 cars at this point. Uh, Oswego Speedway finished up Saturday. I'm going to make a phone call tomorrow. We may have gained one or two more drivers out of that. But, you know, when I say 16 to 20 cars, we're talking 16 to 20 cars are the best in the business. Uh, really excited to see these, these just super fast cars. I mean, no pun intended there. The super modified, they are the fastest cars you'll ever see at Jennerstown Speedway. Really excited for them to come back. Adult tickets are just $25. Kids 12 and under are free. And the pit admission is only $35, Dawn, which is extremely cheap to an event like this. So for a full schedule and information, please visit Jennerstown.org. And hope to see everybody next Saturday. And hopefully Mother Nature continues to be our fan. For the fans that have never seen a Super Modified, I would urge them, come to the show when it's over, get down in the pits and look at these engineering masterpieces where basically you got a motor, a seat, and a driver. I mean, it's just like 
it's like a rocket ship. Airplanes on wheels, Don. Yeah. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, our, our Facebook manager there, Matt Shinovsky, he found a video explaining the history of the Super Modifieds, how they developed. Um, you know, originally they were almost a one what, run what you brung type class, and then they've evolved into a sanctioning body. Really interesting stuff. So if your interest is intrigued by this, check out that video, and you'll get to learn a little more about the Supermods. Okay, Bill. Great report. I hope to see you Saturday. Sounds great, Don. Thank you. Thanks. This portion of Rappin' on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out Jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rappin' on Racing. Joining us now is Steve Singo, the driver of the number seven at Jennerstown Speedway. Steve, how are you? Doing real good, Don. How are you doing? I'm well. Now, you're recovering from a little bit of an accident at Jennerstown. And for the benefit of the listeners, tell them what happened and how your recuperation is going. Well, all I remember is it was in practice. And I was passing a slower car. And the next thing I know, I hit the wall head on wide open. I didn't even have time to lift off the throttle. And it knocked me out because I don't remember anything then until the fire department was in my window. And they said I actually got T-boned by another car. And I don't remember any of that. Any any idea did a throttle stick or something? Or what, what do you think caused that? No, the throttle didn't stick. It was just the... 
a racing thing when I thought it, I had him cleared, and I'm not sure if I came up or he came down. It was a rookie driver that had never been on the track before with other cars. Yeah. And it was just one of those racing things, and the throttle didn't stick. It just it turned me into the wall so quick and violently that I didn't have time to react to it. And the recovery seemed to be going okay. Yeah, yeah, we're, we we the shoulders a little bit sore, but other than that, nothing's broken. Everything's where it's supposed to be. That's wonderful. Turning the clock back, I know you spent some time at Rosedale Tech. Uh, now, was there more than one Rosedale Tech? Because the one I knew of was in Homestead, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was actually, when I went to it, it was right there above the Homestead High Level Bridge. Yeah, well, that's a little bit of a ride from where you live, isn't it? Yeah, I had an apartment out there, actually. Um, I'd stay out there during the week and then come home on weekends. And were you in the uh, auto tech classes, or what were you studying? Yes, sir. I was I was studying uh, auto mechanics, auto and diesel mechanics. Good. And is that what you're doing now? No, actually, uh, when I graduated from there, I went to uh, Laurel Engine Rebuilding and worked for Bob Cobra for a few years, and then I got into road construction, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Cool. Since about uh, 1991. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't want you to get a big head, but anytime I mention Steve Singo, I always get the same response. What a great guy. Really nice to be around. Just a pleasure to be with him. Um, I guess a lot of that comes from the fact that when you're not racing, you help out at Jennerstown. Yeah, uh, I enjoy that. It, it You get to see it from a different end, you know, a different side with helping out the officials and I helped out uh, Motor Mountain Masters night, and uh, those guys, hats off to those guys. They really work their butts off, and it's not just hang out in the pits. They're busy constantly. I, I was whooped by the end of the night. The staff at Jennerstown is incredible. Billy Rebar put the A team together, and the owner should be very proud of what he has accomplished, plus all the things they're doing at the track, all the improvements, the new lights. It seems like every time they have an opportunity to make it better, they do that, and it's a show place. Oh, yeah. It's 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 wonderful. It, it, it's a real privilege to be able to race there. I, and I think it's one of the nicest tracks in that I've ever seen. I went out to uh, New Jersey a few weeks ago to Wall Stadium, and it, it's a nice, nice facility. But it just, it just doesn't compare. When you go to other racetracks, and I'm not putting them down by any means, but it's just the owners are, are doing so much to make improvements every year. It's, it, it's a great place to race. The race fans in Western Pennsylvania are spoiled. They have a lot of tracks to choose from, and there's some good racing. Now, you've been doing this since 1998. How did you get started? Uh, that's kind of a funny story. My cousin, Jim Bojack, had raced four cylinders, and he called me up. It was a Saturday morning, and he said, I put this car together. It was a Toyota Celica. 
He said, it's ugly. I don't want it. It's race ready. He said, if you want it, come and get it. And I ran over there quick, and I got it and went straight to the track with it. Never been on the track before and raced it that night and been going ever since. Well, after the four cylinders, then you did the street stocks and then the chargers and uh, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not a beautiful number seven. Uh, now, uh, the car got banged up a little bit, and I understand that you're getting it back together and you're going to return to the speedway. Yeah, we're, we're in the process of putting it back together. Um, we're, we're hoping to be there. I'm not promising nothing, but we're going to try. We're going to try and be back this year. Fans, I want to remind you again, we're talking to Steve Singo, the driver of the number seven at Jennerstown. The fans, the friends, I'll tell you what I like about Jennerstown. They even made the gate bigger at the end of the front straightaway where the fans can come down and visit with the drivers. It's very frustrating when I go to some tracks, the drivers, especially the, the big boys, they load up, pack up their truck, and they're out the door where the kids, the fans, the family, they like to come down there. And on any given night when I'm there, if I walk down through the pits, Don, you want a bottle of water? You want a sandwich? You want some pizza? I mean, they just go, That maybe that's the best part, in addition to the racing, is the camaraderie with the family and friends after the races. Yeah, that, we hang, we hang around as long as we can um, after the races, and it's just, it's really, it's really neat to, to have the little kids come down and want your autograph. And autograph night is my favorite night to, to race. It doesn't matter what's going on. It, autograph night is my favorite, favorite night of the year. Getting to meet all the fans and all the little kids especially. They just, they just go nuts and, you know, like to sit in the car and get autographs. And it's really humbling to be honest with you, that, you know, they, they want an autograph from me. You know, a lot of them, I don't know them. I, I don't know them at all, but they're, they're fans of mine, and that's really very humbling. Well, to them, you're larger than life. You're a race car driver. You're their favorite driver, and that's a big deal. And the, the drivers that respond appropriately with the fans are always successful. Yeah, I grew up about a mile as the crow flies behind the stands at Jennerstown. And when I was a kid, if the air was right, you could sit on the back porch and you could actually hear every word the announcer said. And I started going to the track probably when I was 11 or 12 when it was still dirt. And then when it got paved, and it, some of them guys down there are my heroes from when I was younger. There's a lot of them. And honestly, Dawn, I, like NASCAR, I knew of Richard Petty. And I didn't know of anybody else until I was probably 19 or 20 years old and went to my first NASCAR race. I didn't even know who Dale Earnhardt was. Wow. And because all the guys at the local track, those were my heroes. Yeah. And those are the guys I looked up to. I don't know if you remember. It was a couple of years ago, and I don't know what the occasion was, but you asked me to sign the roof of your car. What was that about? Um, 
that was just we were just getting different people to sign the car. Um, it was just I like it. No, this one, this car, we didn't do that because it was uh, tribute to Tanner. Right. But a lot of times at autograph night, we um, we'll let the kids or anybody sign the car, and it's just just really cool, you know, to to walk around the car and see, you know, the different people that signed it. That that is very nice, and the tribute to Tanner is very special. Yeah. Uh, Fans, we're coming up on a commercial break. Uh, We will be back after these messages. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochran.com. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Steve Singo, the driver of car number seven at the Jennerstown Speedway. Uh, Steve, what would you say your most memorable moment in racing was? The most memorable was my first win in 2015. I I hadn't even won a heat race in the street stocks up to that point. And... Um, in 2014, my cancer had returned, and I only got a half a year in because it was wrapped around my kidney, and I, I couldn't race and risk jarring anything. And then 2015, I didn't race the street stock, and Steve Long offered me actually the same car that I have now. And I ran three races in in 2015. I got a third, a second, and then the last race of the season, I actually won it. And uh, that was that was the most memorable memorable um, moment. And uh, I had a have a little fellow that his name's Bryce, and he's followed us ever since I had the pink car. He liked the pink car. And he would come down and see us you know, after every race. And he's the one that got that trophy. And, yeah, I'll never forget that moment. That is pretty special. How about something you'd like to forget, 2006? Tell us what happened there. Aha, uh-huh. 2006. Uh, that was in a street stock. And I started on the front row. Adam Kostelnik was winning every race that year. And we were we were pretty much a top three, top four car. And I started on the front row. 
and the car was hooked up that night, and we took off, and we had uh, at least a half a straightaway lead. And I kept looking in that rearview mirror, because Adam had a very distinct car, the paint job. You could see it coming up through the field. And I kept looking in the rearview mirror, and I come out of turn four and got in the loose stuff, and I climbed the wall, and I never backed out of it. And I'm riding the, the front stretch outside wall, and what happened, it caused a big wreck with all the concrete dust. And uh, Roger Armstead ended up destroying his car in that wreck. So we started off again on the restart. And again, I'm watching the mirror, and Adam got up into second place. And I kept watching the mirror, and I missed my mark, and he got around me. And I couldn't get back around him. That, that should have been my first win. And that was, yeah, that was very disappointing. And, and Adam even told me, he said, you know, he said, if he's, I seen you looking in the mirror. He said, if you wouldn't have watched that mirror, he said, I'd have never got around you. And that's, that's the most disappointing moment in racing right there. Well, to get that kind of a compliment from Adam is pretty special. One of the things. Oh, yeah. One of the things I like to ask the drivers how they pick their number. Now, it's currently number seven, and I love that because I ran that number for many, many years. But it uh, wasn't always number seven. I guess your first year was 99. Yeah, I bought the car off of Jason Fritz, um, and it was actually Jack Zatoski's championship car. And Jason, it was yellow, 99, and... I had no money. Everything came out of my pocket. In fact, when we painted it, we we masked off the decals, all the decals, all the numbers and everything, and painted it. And the following year, um, my cousin Jim Bojack helped me redo the car. And again, you know, everything's coming out of my pocket. And I thought, well, you know, one number's got to be cheaper than two numbers. Yeah. So we just <laughs> picked lucky number seven. And that's how it come up with the number seven. That's funny. And I love to ask the drivers that. I mean, Lou Blaney's was his basketball number. I had a fellow on last week. His number was his football number. Then one of the fellows from down at Mercer, his number is 965. And I said, how'd you get that number? He said, that's my address, 965. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned when you didn't have any money, and now you got some sponsors, and they're helping you out. So let's take a minute and acknowledge your sponsors. Yeah, if it wasn't for the sponsors, and a huge shout-out to Dave Forrester at Farmers Union Co-op. This car, we pulled it out of the weeds, and Dave didn't know me at all and i knew the car was sitting in the weeds with a blowed motor and i had a crate motor and i asked dave i said uh would you know i introduced myself and said you know would you mind if i got that car and put my motor in it to get another car on the track in this division and he didn't know me and he's there he's there hold on a minute and he went and called billy rebar and i think he called a couple of the track owners and he come back in 15 minutes and he said, you come get that car whenever you want. And that's how this journey started with this car. But Dave at Farmers Union Co-op um, has helped me immensely. And then uh, Hazlett Trucking, um, Kathy and Ed, 
they've been a huge help. I, I worked with them and they're like family. Uh, Morocco Welding, North Star Equipment, American Paving Fabrics, uh, Laurel Mountain Gardens, Rocket Rick Koontz, uh, Jimmy Friedline over at Jet, Jennerstown Engine Technologies. Uh, they, all of them have been a huge help. Um, Butch Dill, he's, he's the one that painted the car. And then Casey Flegel and uh, Stick Figure, Signs, and Rapid are the ones that uh, did the decals on the car. Is Tar Bloomer still with you? Yes, yes. She, uh, yeah, she, she cut me a heck of a deal on, on the, the, the wraps for the tires. Cool. I want to go back yep. to Dave Forrester. Now, was this car at his business or in his yard or on his farm? Where'd this car come out of the weeds? Well, actually, he bought it uh, for Steve Brown. Steve Brown drove it for a year, and then they, they blew the engine in it. And then they went and bought Jason Pritz's championship car. And that's the same car that Chris Immense running right now. Okay. So it was actually sitting at Steve Brown's house, um, parked between <laughs> parked between a van and an airplane <laughs> in the weeds. Yeah, and, and when I walked up and looked at it, it was an airplane. It, don't, it ain't got no wings on it, but it's an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sitting there at his house. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but it's there. Yeah. That's funny. Um, how about the crew, the people that uh, help you at the track, get the car there, and make sure you're winning some races? <clears throat> yeah, our, our uh, crew that comes every week, and I can't thank them enough, it's the entire Dively family, Joe, Kristen, uh, Brian, and Jonathan, and Samantha Barron, and my wife Angie are there every week, and I just drive that sucker, and I come in and... You know, they watch me on the track, and I come in and tell them what it's doing. And, you know, they have a little powwow, and they make adjustments. And 99% of the time, they make the right adjustments. There's, I can't remember a time where they went the wrong way. And then a huge shout-out to Josh Kokenauer and Mike Ray and Eddie Leesoff. Those are the three guys that helped me rebuild this car. We spent an entire winter two years ago completely rebuilding this and anytime i need any you know major fabrication work done those are the guys that come over and, and get it done for me i want to go back to dave forrester again when he made the phone call to billy rebar it kind of points out what i was talking about before everybody likes steve singo and i guess his conversation with billy was what do you think of this guy? And then he came back and gave you the car. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, Billy told me about that conversation. And he told Dave, he said, you know, he said, me and Steve have laughed together. We've cried together. And he said, I'd give him a shot. And uh, Dave come right over to me and said, when do you want to pick that car up? That is a nice story. Well, hey, we're coming up uh, on a close here. Uh, any um, comments you'd like to add? Anyone you'd like to thank? I need to really thank my wife, Angie. She puts up with this. And I had a post on Facebook. You know, 
racing at the track is six months out of the year, but it's 12 months out of the year at home. You know, if, if you're not at the track, you're working on the car, and she sacrificed so much to let me do this. I compliment Angie and the wives, the moms, the girlfriends, the sisters, because that's a special lady that can put up with all the grief that the drivers give them. And uh, you're a lucky man. Yeah, that I, I agree. That's the thing. You, you, all the drivers get all the recognition, and it's the people behind the scenes. If it wasn't for the people behind the scenes and the families that support them, nobody would be able to do this. Exactly. Nobody. Well, Steve, I'm glad you're recuperating. Um, Plan to get up to Jennerstown here in a week or so, and uh, whenever your car's uh, back up and running, I'm going to come down and see you. Want to say hi to Angie and the rest of your crew? Uh, 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 Jennifer and Dylan, uh, how old are they, and are they involved with your team? Yeah, Jennifer is 33, and Dylan is 29. Um, they they support me. Um, Jennifer's really not into racing, and Dylan has his own business, and he is just so busy. But they, they both they both support me in it, and they watch Angie. Uh, Angie tapes the races um, every week, the heat races and, and the features, and Jennifer's watching them all the time. And Dylan's always calling me, you know, asking me how I did and, and if I need anything. It, like, if I need anything done through the week and he has time, he'll come over and do it for me. And Brantley Barron, your grandson, what's the story with him? How old is he? He's two. Um, he is the son of Samantha, which was Tanner's girlfriend. I see. And, and Tanner was actually going to adopt Brantley. So we've... We've kept them in the family, and they're not going anywhere. Well, that's another good story. Well, Steve, I thank you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to be with us this evening and wish you continued success for the rest of this year and every year after that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. As we get ready to go, two laps remain in this precise racing product's late model feature event. We'll see if we can get a better restart here in the Sprinkles restart zone. Comes to the line, we are green flag racing. Flitter with a great restart. He's working that inside line. Comes up high and makes the block on Alex Farid. Yellow flag in the air. No start on the speedway. Once again, another jump from the 48 of Colton Flinter. Give Flinter credit where credit is due. He's trying to do everything he can to get the win, but it's not going to happen if we can't get a clean restart. It's Alex Farid's race to start. He will be the one to start this race in the Sprinkles restart zone. Third time's a charm. Let's see if we can make it happen. No start. Third time is not a charm. And you can see it on the speedway now. The 48 of Colton Flinter will drop back one row. We gave him ample opportunity to 
have a clean restart with the 1C of Alex Faree. He was not able to let it happen, and 1Z is now on the front row. Logan Zarin's chances just got a little better. A pair of aces lead this field to the Sprinkles restart zone. The 1C of Alex Faree is your race leader. He will start this race. Green flag is out. We are underway. Alex shuts the gap and comes up by and turns one and two. He's your leader. Zarin right behind him. Here comes the 48 of Colton Flinter. He's going to try to make his position back. Working out eye side, one lap to go. Alex Faree, your leader. Logan Zarin second. Here comes Ken Shelton, Brandon to the fourth position. He gets by Gary Lyle for fourth. Alex Faree with a comfortable lead as they head down the back shots. They enter turn three. 48 of Colton Flitter going to try to make something for second. Can't quite make it done. The 1C of Alex Faree is your race winner. Checkered flag is out, and Alex Faree gets the job done and gets the win here in the 25-lap Precise Racing Products feature event. The 1Z of Logan Zarin comes home second. The 48 of Colton Flinter comes home third. The 29 of Ken Shelton-Brand fourth. And the 10L of Gary Lyle comes home fifth. Listeners, joining us after the race is, in, in, we'll say it's a victory lane, sort of. We're at the Alex Free trailer. Alex, win number two. Great race this evening. You started on the outside pull. Track condition, smooth track, but definitely an advantage starting up front. You... We'll take it through the first 23 laps where he just had a dominant car, and then we'll kind of go into it with the last uh, two laps. Yeah, um, the car was extremely good tonight. We've, we've been working on this thing and our slick track set up and trying some different stuff all year long. We, we seem to have some speed in the mud, but when it slicks off like that, we've just never been where we needed to be. And tonight, it felt like I finally got it there, which was amazing. The car felt amazing. This rocket Cornette was just rolling. But then, yeah, we've got a pretty good lead, it sounds like, and then two to go, Kosh comes out, and uh, with two laps to go like that, it's pretty much anybody's game on them restarts. And see if someone gets in front of you, it's going to be hard to get back by that fast. You know, it's all the features tonight, whereas we're doing this interview, the, the modifieds are ready to roll out, and it seems like all the cars that start up front have a major advantage. And, and the irony of it is, as much rain as we've had this past week, you would think the track conditions would be choppy they, like they were a couple weeks ago, but in terms of being able to go top to bottom, you know it was slick, track was in great shape. Yeah, you could run all over. Dan did a great job. I mean, after a couple weeks ago when we had that all that rain then too it's just been a, a crazy summer for rain for us around here i mean we had a rough track that one night and i mean this thing was beautifully smooth it was a great race surface and like you could go anywhere like any top bottom middle it did not matter for me when when your car's right i mean it's that's the first time for me this year so it's a nice feeling to have but uh when your car's right you can race all over it it makes it fun i was definitely and definitely strong up top and you know much like your last one here you've really had to earn it again like you said we went 23 laps green and then it was kind of a cat and moss game with colton flinter and it's just it's one of those things you know you want to win he wants to win and, and i was up in the media center and we were talking to your crew afterwards and i and i have to ask you this is you just know it's me i'm like is Alex going to take the top or the bottom? That's as a driver. That's always and everybody tries to play that mind game. And you took the bottom, and then Colton kind of got a, a jump on you. And then I think the wily veteran that you are said, maybe I better go back up top. Yeah, I mean he he definitely wanted to win, which I, we all do. So he was trying to eke everything he could out of them starts, and he got caught a couple times there trying to do it, um, which you know let him get in front of me, but they kept calling him back on it. So yeah. I, I don't know when the track's that slick it's so hard to pick the right lane it's because there's just it's such an even starting spot and then it's you're going into one even like that you're going to be in trouble because it's just going to be a good hard race after that so i was just trying to get everything i could advantage wise also 
And I don't. I still don't know if the top's the right way to go. Back in the day when I won all my championships, I made a living on restart on the bottom because it just always worked for me. But it's it's not the same as it used to be. So I need to learn that. That's my big thing. I always pick the bottom because it's just what I used to know to do, and it's not the same no more. It seems well, like you have to be so strong off the bottom now. You have to be able to you know get into one, and then you don't want to do that proverbial slide drama. Like you said, it, it's just tough to get the car to rotate that quick. Unless you get the tremendous jump, and everybody's now equipment today is like so equal. Oh my! Yeah, I mean, there's what twelve guys are here on any given night that could probably win. You know, Colton's Aaron, um, Deets. I mean, you go down that line, there's more than that. I mean, there's there's just so Kenny. many cars. Yeah, Kenny, Tommy Beck. You know, usually Norris and Miley are here. They weren't here tonight, but I mean, there's so many good cars. I mean, just everyone's got top-notch equipment anymore. It's it's you got to be on your A game every night. Well, I have to. Well, I have to joke with you. Last time I did the interview, we kind of busted you on Victory Lane. You, you forgot some of your sponsors, and one was Marburger. And guys, you got them twice tonight. But uh, you know, win number two here. Let's just thank your crew and your sponsors, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I can't can't start without you know my wife. Just just the amount of effort she puts in at home to make everything good there with two kids and let me do what I can what I do. I mean, it's she's an amazing woman. I, I she's a saint. Um, you know, Lynn Geisler and what he's done for me and get this car together. And Cochran, of course. Uh, Jack Crowell. Jack Crowell. Oh, Jack. He's amazing, man. Always has a smile on his face, too. The man always has a smile. He, he's a great guy. You know, uh, Moody Sales and Service, uh, Brother RV, Franklin Rear Ends, um, Jack's Recycling, Bachman Trucking, Balea Oil. I forgot that out there tonight. Poop. Hotsy, Marburgers, who that's who I forgot last time. I was originally, I got him twice tonight. Um, all my crew, Mike, Todd, Earl. Frank, I mean, the work, not everyone knows the work that goes in on a weekly basis. I mean, we're at the shop at least two nights a week, and that's if everything goes fine. You know, you have a problem, then you're there four nights a week, and, and you're talking, you know, five, six hours a night. It's 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 amazing the amount of work. Uh, just washing a car takes four hours. I mean, it's just, just it's the work is insane. Um, my mom and dad, of course, they always help me out. Um, and last night, well, not definitely the biggest one I never, I always forget to start the top off, was is Lord and Savior. Oh. Well, Alex, congratulations on win number two. I know we have one more one more race here in a couple weeks, and best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, it was the occasion of the 15th annual Red Miley Rumble, where we take a week and we celebrate and honor the life of Red Miley, one of the founders of Miley Motorsports. Red leaving us far too soon at the age of 53, just over 15 years ago. Wrapping on Racing's Bill Corch was on hand and files this report on the Red Miley Rumble. Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, it was the 15th annual Red Miley Rumble, a race named in honor of the late co-owner and promoter of the Speedway. It's a race that has lost some of its luster through the years, a race formerly run by the super late models, attracting some of the area's top drivers. Now the crate late model drivers, who run for the most part on a weekly basis at Pittsburgh, were participating this past Saturday. There were 15 crate late models in the pits for the race, and Zach Morrow, driving the bets number 60, set the fast time with Daryl Charlier the second fastest. Two heat races were run, and the top three finishers from each heat would form the field for the six-lap dash. Zach Morrow winning the first heat, followed by Michael Doritsky and Cole Petrell, and Daryl Charlier winning heat number two, followed by Jay Gunn and Michael Reft. Morrow would go on to win the dash and gain the pole for the feature. He was followed in the dash by Daryl Charlier, Michael Doretsky, Cole Petrell, Mike Ruft, and Jake Gunn, who hit the wall between turn three and four midway through the race and was eliminated from further competition. In the 40-lap feature, from his pole position, Morrow broke out into the early lead, with Charlier in hot pursuit, followed by Cole Petrell, Nico Tobacco, Mike Ruft, and Justin Lamb making his first appearance of the season driving the Global No. 20G. Morrow was able to maintain his lead on restarts after some early cautions, but Charlier started to reel him in as they approached lap traffic. And it was just before a caution midway through the race that Charlier did pass Morrow for the lead. A lengthy caution stopped the race on lap 30 when Bill Kessler hit the wall after losing his drive shaft. And another caution came out with just three laps remaining in the 40-lap event. But through those cautions, through those final 20 laps, Charlier was able to maintain his lead and went on to win the 15th annual Red Miley Rumble. In victory lane, Charlier talked about racing hard to take the lead from Morrow. The first 20 laps, I mean, Zach definitely uh, had, I think, the fastest car on the track, and I just was hoping to stay with him, hope that we can get to the lap traffic, and then maybe, uh, you know, catch him and make a run at it, and uh, I mean, luckily for me, that happened, and then, of course, you know, I take the lead, and it's caution after caution after caution, it feels like it's always that way, but I'm glad that I was able to hold on, Uh, Zach's a heck of a racer, and uh, is very competitive, so I'm glad to be able to pull one off in front of him. Daryl's family has been racing at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway since it opened. And he talked about the significance of winning a race named after Red Miley. We've been racing since this track opened up, uh, I believe in 1979. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to know Red a little bit. And I mean, I was a young boy when, you know, unfortunately when he passed. But I'm glad that the Miley's continue to put this on in honor of him. And I'm glad to be out front and, and take that one home. Zach Morrow, who finished in second place, talked about trying to hold on to that early lead. We were good for, I don't know, the first so many laps, and it just, the car went away just a little bit, and I don't have enough experience up against the wall in one of these cars to really make up for it, and he's about the best we got around here running the top. And Morrow talked about how the deal came together to run the Benz number 60. Bob's been wrenching on the 48 car all year, and when we, our motor broke a couple weeks ago, 
I didn't make it back into the trailer. And he says, hey, you can drive my car next week. So the motor blew up in this the first night, and this is our first full night in it. The winner again of the 15th annual Red Miley Rumble at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Daryl Charlier, Zach Morrow second, Cole Patrol finishing third, Mike Ref fourth, and Nico DeBecco finishing fifth. 6-2-10 went to Justin Lamb, Brian Hoffman, Andy Spooner, Cassidy Kamaker, and Bill Kessler. Following the race in victory lane, Jim Zufall was able to talk with both Matt Miley and Ben Miley about their brother Red. I would say to those guys that never met him, Red Miley and his brothers were you guys 53 years ago. And uh, it's kind of ironic, all the 53s that surround Red. This is the 53rd year of Miley Racing. So uh, Red started it all. A teenager working in a gas station, got a free car, and, and, and off we went. Off we went. Ben was the driver at the time. He had to be 18. So he was designated the driver. We got so good that he got so good that we never, re- he, he was the driver. So that's the way that went. And uh, as racers, this was our favorite racetrack. We ran weekly. We ran for a while. We ran Thursday at North Hills, Friday at Lernerville, Saturday at Pittsburgh, and Sunday at Motordrome. And Pittsburgh was always our favorite. And uh, it opened in 79. It, uh, Emma and Nick ran it a while. And then they, they leased it here and there along the way. And it just, it just, uh, it seemed like it could never really, really catch on. And uh, Red went to Emma and uh, worked out a lease deal. Then he came to his siblings and said, hey, you want to be partners in a racetrack? And, uh, at 30 years old, I had a lot of confidence in Red and Ben and, and my other brothers and partners. And so I said, yeah, and here we are 33 years later still doing it. And it's really hard to believe we've been able to hang on to it 15 after Red was gone because he certainly was the man behind it all. You know, we're going to get booted off the track here in a minute by Smokey. But, Ben, since you're Smokey's boss, we're going we're gonna to count on you to not let us get kicked out. Your thoughts on, on 15 years of doing this? Really, I have to focus i think on our racing over the years that's what it brings back to me just watching the race and you know you see a lot of young kids racing now which is fantastic um but stop and think about this for a second i couldn't hear everything matt said but red was 16 years old and was my car owner i mean he started our team you know i wasn't driving for my dad or an uncle or somebody like that i was driving for my brother and uh, I just think that's pretty amazing when you look back even in today's world that a 16-year-old could do that. He made our race team happen. Over the years, he always made sure I had good stuff and was very dedicated. And Matt touched on how the racetrack came about. He's responsible for that, too. Red had a lot of foresight. Really always think about, you know, what would it be like if he was still here. Now, that comes back on a night like tonight, too. But, uh, and definitely missing the link, and we just try to hang in there and do it. But, uh my feelings more tonight are about our racing, not the racetrack. Uh, we had great times as kids doing that, and um, Red was an innovator. I mean, the cars he gave me to drive that Jerry and Matt built, my uncle and my dad helped out. That, that just almost makes me want to race again. <laughs> ben and Matt Miley reflecting on their late brother Red after the 15th annual Red Miley Rumble. Once again, won by Daryl Charlier. Reporting for Rapid on Racing, I'm Bill Korch.
Other divisions on hand on Saturday night racing were the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks in yet another tune-up race for the big 1,111-to-win Hobby Stock Invitational in memory of Josh Langer coming up this Saturday, September 11th. And when it was all said and done after a couple of heat races won by Stephen Sheltman and Matt Bernard, Sitting in victory lane was Stephen Sheltman. Then Adam Faree finishing second. Jonathan Catellus, Robert Betts, and Ben Anton were your top five. Sixth through tenth were Frank McGill, Tom Anton, Jack Grimm, and John Gill. Heat race for the Rush Sportsman Modifieds who were visiting with us. A sole heat race. That was won by Chaz Wolbert. And Wolbert with a barn burner literally passing for the lead on the very last corner of the very last lap. Actually, on the straightaway, he made the pass and won by .016 seconds over J.C. Boyer in a thrilling finish. Justin Shea, multiple-time winner this year at PPMS. In the 14S car, he finishes third. Fourth was Jordan Ehrenberg. Then Chelsea Crickage rounding out the top five. Rest of the field was Jacob Rutana, Cole Edwards, Doug Rutana, and Jacob Jordan. In our Admar Penn, Ohio Pro Stocks, Nick Kachuba comes out on top, finishing first. Picking up uh, second or third victory of the year for Kachuba. Brian Hutchko just coming off two consecutive victories. He finished second. Bill Robertson third. Jackson Billick and Jacob Billick were your top five. Finishing the rest of the field were Jacob Billick Jr., Tanya Charlier, and Noah Brunel. Another young winner in our Open 4 division, the Crawford Auto Repair 4-cylinder division, Hemi Kiniston, just 13 years old. Normally would be racing in the young guns at that age, but he is in the Open 4 cylinders, and he picks up his second victory of the year. Derek Quigley finished second. Bob Quigg driving the 2B car on Saturday night finished third. Eric Reynolds in the Lovebug 53 was fourth, and 11W of Lucas Weaver finished in fifth. Our Young Gun Division winner was, once again, Logan Cotellis. As we said earlier, it is going to be quite a race on Saturday night, September 11th, as we not only are having the Hobby Stock Invitational for $1,111 to win, also honoring with the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the United States, we are honoring all first responders That's police, fire, EMS, as well as military, both uh, current and former military. All with proper ID will be permitted into the track for free grandstand admission at the front gate. So if you are a uh, member of any of those categories, first responder or current, present, or former military, you certainly, with the proper idea, are welcome to come join us. We're going to have a presentation for you down on the front stretch before the race starts, and then the big hobby stock invitational race, all in memory of Josh Langer, is all going to happen this coming Saturday at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. For Rapid on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. Racers for Tots is a nonprofit organization composed of a group of racing enthusiasts who have come together to raise money through various fundraisers and raffles to purchase toys for children in need during the Christmas season. Founded in 1999, Racers for Tots has raised over $2 million to purchase toys and bicycles for children in need across western Pennsylvania. 
Racers for Tots donates to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh, the Salvation Army, Father Ryan's Outreach Center, Children of Murder Victims, Catholic Charities, Bikes for Children with Autism, and any local organization that benefits families with children in need. This year, the organization will celebrate 21 years, and there are many local and regional raffles and fundraisers planned. And if you see the Racers for Tots car at your local Speedway, be sure to purchase a $10 ticket for a chance to win the Racers for Tots grand prize, a brand new rocket race car. This car is valued at about $50,000. For additional information, call 412-952-4723 or go to info at racersfortots.org. Fans, joining us now is Chris Lander, the driver of the number 18 Rush Slate model at Pittsburgh. Chris, good day. How are you today? Good morning, Don. How are you doing today? Good, good. I have a lot of things I want to ask you. Uh, Mainly, we're going to lead up to the special thing you're going to do at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. But a little bit about you. Most drivers back in the day, they had a body shop, a garage, a junkyard, yuck, yuck, yuck. But you have a really different background. You went to Penn State and studied paramedicine. What does that mean and how does that impact Chris Lander? Well, a couple years ago, I I decided to go back to school. Uh, As you said, went to Penn State, uh, the Fayette campus down there in the mountains um, to study paramedicine. It's Penn State's paramedic program. Um, I've been an EMT for maybe 15 years or so, and I decided to get back to school and advance my career a little bit um, as that's my full-time job. And especially with the pandemic going on, you know, we never expected this. Um, so we decided to step it up and advance my, my career a little bit. And like I said, I went back to school. So many people just don't appreciate what you and your co-workers do, whether it's police, fire, paramedics, EMTs, they just take it for granted. But it's a life and death situation. On any given day, you could be in a position where you can save somebody's life. That's got to make you really proud of your profession. Um, it is. Uh, I, I, I love telling people about you know what I do. Um, I grew up around it as a little kid, and uh, you know my mom and dad and stepdad were actually volunteer um emts or as you know some people still say ambulance drivers um they were they were all involved in the volunteer fire departments as well um you know i I got into all that as a secondary career um i'm currently the assistant chief out here in slovan um with the fire department as well so i have a little bit of emergency background my what a lot of people don't know is, you know, when I got out of high school, my primary career is uh, I went to Pennsylvania Culinary, downtown Pittsburgh, and I, I'm actually a certified chef. And while I was going through college for that, I uh, I picked up my EMT certification as a backup plan. I got tired of cooking after cooking 10 years at the Meadows, and here I am. I've, I've been on the ambulances for five years now. I've worked for two different companies. And, you know, it was something else to do, and it was something else to give back to the community. 
Vance, we're talking to Chris Lander, the driver of the number 18 Rush Late Model. You know what people like best about this show? They never know what's involved in the private lives of drivers. And for example, Brian Schwartzlander, a Lernerville champion in the Modifieds, he used to play drums in a rock band. And when they hear these things, like you being a certified chef, they really enjoy getting into the background of the people they watch on the racetrack. And that's pretty special. Now, I notice uh, your career, you kind of race when you feel like it, have fun. Been involved nine years, but it's mainly off and on. What determines when it's on? Uh, well, like you, like we just talked about, you know, a couple years ago, I went back to school, um, working two jobs, uh, having a full-time family in school. You know, that, that was actually a full-time job itself with all the clinical hours I had to put in, all the class hours, all these homework assignments, you name it. it. It was like I would go to my actual job and then come home and have another job with school. And um, all then probably about six years ago, um, my ex-wife and I found out we were pregnant, had our, our little Spitfire Alexis, who's six years old. Um, you know, so it, it, it all depends on what's going on and on the home front, really, if, you know, we decided it's not a good day to go racing, you know, have too many things going on, the the car stays parked, you know, and what's great about my sponsors, you know, they're they're all local people that I sponsor, and, or actually they sponsor me, uh, and, you know, they, they understand, you know, Chris has a life, too, not, not just, you know, racing and and doing all the, the emergency service stuff. I admire your approach to family because so many drivers, they neglect that, and you can't put the uh, time in a bottle. That's something you have to appreciate. Uh, one of the World of Outlaw drivers just recently, Kay Dillard, uh, he's in the points race. He's a good driver. He wins a lot. He needed to take a, uh, skip a race to go to his daughter's first day of school, and they wouldn't let him. Uh, for some technical reason, so he's not going to run the series anymore. He's going to go somewhere else and race, but he thought being with his daughter at school was more important, so I applaud you for that approach. Race when you have time, have fun when you can, but family first. Uh, how did you get involved in racing? How did you get started? So, um, it actually all goes back to uh, you know my, my parents being involved in the Emergency services early, um, you know, being from Bergeson, we're 15 minutes down the road from Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Um, they were sometimes the backup ambulances for for the track, and as a little kid, you know, got to go to the track a lot and watch the races. Uh, I remember, you know, guys like the name of uh, Steve Baker, for instance, drove for Phil Lucon down here in Bergeson as well. Um, actually, I, I kind of grew up with, uh, the Lucon kids, Kyle and Laura, who have both had very successful careers with the, uh, the Crate Late Model division. Um, I actually still race against Kyle to this day. Uh, so, uh, as I got older, actually, I started, you know, got my driver's license out doing stuff. Went out to the track one night and saw Laura and Kyle testing. I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna 
hook up with these guys and see what it's all about. And for about a year, I, I joined in their pit crew and started learning a couple of things in and out there. And the next year, next couple of years, I said, you know what? I want to build a race car. And that's how we kind of kind of got started in the division. And ever since, we've been hooked. Yeah, once you get hooked, it's pretty hard to get away from it. You know, back to Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and what you do, they have the uh, super snuffers there. And, and again, people just assume that, okay, they take it for granted. But I remember one night when Johnny Johnson was driving, he hit the wall in turn one, and his car was on fire. And instantly, they were there. To protect him so in a situation like that in all my years of racing that was probably my biggest concern what if there's a fire and you and the super snuffers and people like that are the reason that we don't have a lot of fatalities in racing but sometimes the drivers they just think that's normal i mean they just figure well you're there but it's not going to happen to me it's always going to happen to the other guy but then the other guy's saying no it's not going to be me it's going to be the guy next to me but anyway uh, so uh, a question i like to ask everybody is how do you pick your car number so my car number is actually very unique in a lot of ways and people think it's because um my station you know every fire department ambulance service has their own identification number and it just so happens my station number is actually 18 um but that's not really the reason i run the number 18 uh growing up you know watching guys like steve kinzer and and you know yeah he's a sprint car driver um you know watching some of the the outlaw races and stuff on tv uh i i become a, a big fan of shannon babb shannon babb runs the the number 18 super late model in the world of outlaws and Lucas oil divisions. And just something about Shannon. I got to meet him here a couple of years ago down in Charlotte and, you know, just a very nice gentleman, you know, and, you know, I always remember growing up as a kid that that was, it was his number. And, uh, so I, I decided to run that. Also, another reason that, you know, watching NASCAR, Bobby Labonte ran the, the number 18, bright green interstate batteries car i was like yeah that looks kind of cool you know i like that number it's it's a number that you actually don't see a lot in racing either so that, that's how we uh actually come up with our number to run couple good choices yeah with a number like that you're not going to have to put a c or an l or an x or whatever because that is a kind of a rare number um we're talking to Chris Lander, the driver of the number 18 Rush Late Model. Um, this doesn't happen without a lot of help. So let's take a minute and acknowledge your sponsors. Yeah, so um, we've had, you know, in the nine years that we've been running, we've had a couple of great sponsors on board with us, um, starting off with uh, Wally's Towing and Auto Service here in Bergestown. Um, actually, the owner of Wally's Towing is a good friend of mine, also my fire chief, you know, a great guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back if you needed it, you know, he he helps everybody out. And uh, the other sponsor we have had on board for the nine years that we've been racing is Farner Fire Extinguishers. Uh, Dawn, you were talking about, you know, our super sniffers up the track. You know, Brandon takes care of all of the... uh, extinguishers out there at PPMS, 
and he's been on board with us as well to make sure we're safe. You know, we have extinguishers all the time in the pits as a backup. And this year, newly on board with us, um, another good friend of mine and uh, also brother fireman, Josh Harvey, uh, the owner of Next Gen Outdoor Services, uh, jumped on board with us for uh, his new business. Does all kinds of outdoor services, such as like landscaping and and yard work and all that kind of stuff. Some good people. Uh, how about the pit crew? Who uh, who manages things when you guys are racing? So the pit crew, you know, they're, they're the the rock behind our operation, and you know, don't have too many outsiders in the pits with us. Uh, you know, we were talking about family earlier, and our team is really family-based and oriented. You know, my my parents are involved. Uh, my stepdad's my my head mechanic. Um, you know, Rick, he, he's been phenomenal. I said, you know, well, let, let's get in the race, and I, that's what I want to do. I said, you know about the Chevy Motors. I said, you know about carburetors. I said, why don't we make this work? And he's like, okay, let's do this. And, you know, it's been a great learning curve working on older kind of motors with the carburetors because everything these days are all fuel-injected, computerized, you know. He's gotten to to teach me a lot about mechanics. Um, My mom, Jody, she's she's a home front keeper. You know, she she makes sure that, you know, when, when Dad and I are out racing and whatnot, if the girls can't go with me, she's got them under wraps. You know, make sure I'm, you know, throughout the week when I'm working, she's like, all right, Dad. All right, Rick, get to the garage, you know, make sure this is done, this is done, this is done. You know, she communicates with me a lot when I'm at work, and uh, we know stuff needs to be done on the car. Um, this year, uh, my sister, Lauren, she's uh, she's our new crew chief. Um she kind of stepped up to the plate um, after personal reasons. You know, I lost my crew chief here at home. Um, she uh, she stepped up. She's my track side worker and something we have coming up here in September that we're working on. We'll talk here later on. She's been doing some uh, social media stuff and, and work, uh, work here at the uh, home front as well with you know, promotions and stuff. Uh, other crew, my oldest daughter, Kylie, she's uh, 14, like we talked earlier. She's learning mechanics, you know, basic, you know, life skills you would need, you know, like jacking up a car properly and jack stand placement kind of stuff like that. And she's learning, she's learning some basic mechanics on how to take care of the cars, which is great. Uh, other crew, I have a couple of racers and whatnot that help us out. Uh, Dan and Jimmy Lepro, Jimmy Lepro being, you know, former racer out there at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. His, his boy Dan is now racing. We race same division. Uh, so we, you know, we work together, uh, track side mostly, you know, a couple of home front, you know, strategies that we both work on in the garages. Fans, we're talking to Chris Lander. We're going to need to take a commercial break. Stand by. We'll be back with more after these messages. 
Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. All right, fans, we're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Chris Lander, the driver of the number 18 Rush Late model. Chris, there's a big project coming up at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and you're kind of organizing this. I'd like to talk about it and get some of the details. Yeah, Don. So um, coming up on September 11th, uh, actually, we all know what happened about 20 years ago. We had this horrible tie on 9-11. Um, so as most of the fans and listeners heard earlier, you know, I'm involved big in the emergency services aspect of life. Um, you know, 9-11 hit me a little different than 
I would expect, you know, I was still in school, high school that is, um, when that happened. And soon after that, I ended up joining the fire department and getting my EMT and stuff. And, you know, it, it's it's always been a big day for me um, just to remember uh, everybody that was lost. So, you know, it, it's only fitting that coming up on 9-11, um, I talked to to the Miley's, the owners of Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and was like, hey, can we do something for the responders, you know, especially after having the, the year-long pandemic. We, uh, so we, we started talking, and so coming up on 9-11, we're doing a first responders uh, and military night. So what that entails is, any first responder, past, present, including military, um, gets in the grandstands for free. Uh, pit passes are still $35 for the evening. And um, we're working on a memorial um, right before the, uh, before the features uh, in recognition of, you know, those are serving and have served. Also on the same night, um, we're having the Hobby Stock Invitational. Uh, set up by Vince Laboon. It's in uh, memorial of former racer Josh Langer that just passed away this past year. And, you know, the hobby stock division has been growing tremendously out of Pittsburgh. You know, I, I remember years ago where there would be maybe six or seven cars, and now here we got a, a full field of 30-plus cars. It, it's, it's great racing every night with those guys. It, they're really something to watch. So what Vince has done on his end of the uh, the 9/11 special um, in memorial of uh, Josh, it's going to be a one thousand one hundred eleven dollars to win, and uh, he just informed me last night is now four hundred dollars to start. That is amazing! Wow. So that'll be the biggest hobby stock race in, in the area for the year. I applaud you for your efforts with this and, and the Miley's as well by letting these folks in the grandstands uh, for free, military, firefighters, EMTs, all of these people. Uh, when they talk about uh, essential workers, there's nothing more essential than the people that you're working with for this special project. Uh, what made you decide to do this? How did this come to fruition? So... Um Ten years ago, I had actually gone up for the 10-year anniversary um, to New York, um, and it, it was just surreal seeing all the fire departments, police units, uh, EMS workers, uh, including mil active military, former military, just flocking to, to New York for the memorial. And this year, I was supposed to go up and with work schedule and everything else. It just wasn't panning out. And I ended up just looking at our race schedule, and I was like, oh, man, it's a race night. I said, you know, not to take any way, anything away from my fallen brothers and, and whatnot from New York and, you know, everybody else that lost their lives on that day. I said, you know, I said, I wonder if we can do something local here since life is trying to get back to somewhat normalcy. And I started talking to, the, to Jim Zufall, who's our uh, track announcer, and, and he helps with some of the promotions. 
I said, hey, Jim, what do you what do you think about this? You know, do you think Matt and them would go for something like that? And he's like, you know what, let, let me start talking to him. And then, you know, we found out Vince was working on on his stuff. I said, okay. I said, well, if we can do something like this, I said, I, th- I think that'd be really cool. And, you know, giving back to all the local responders and whatnot. So, you know, with me not being able to go up there, um, also we have a, a special treat coming on the number 18 that will not be revealed until that day um, as the the car will actually be parked behind the grandstands for all the responders to see. And don't worry, folks, we'll, we will be on the track for that night. Um, we'll just miss a little bit of hot laps as we reveal what uh, the, the tribute that's actually work, being done on our car. Your efforts are amazing, and I applaud you and Vince and Jim and the Miley's. Actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Jim, and I said, I need a good guest for the show. He said, get Chris Lander, and now I see why he wanted to do that. Well, Chris, I really appreciate all your efforts. We're coming up on a commercial break. Any closing thoughts, anyone you'd like to thank? Don, honestly, I'd like to thank you know everybody that's been helping me with this project, uh, the Miley's, uh, Jim Zufall, Vince Laboon, um, some of the workers at the track, uh, some of our pit stewards, and some of our super snuffers have actually also been uh, helping out with this project as well on on the outside on the outside of everything. Um, my family for support me doing what I do. Um, yeah, I, I just appreciate everybody that's been involved with this project. Uh, appreciate Jim throwing throwing a bone out there for us and getting you on board to to do this interview today to help try to promote the race. You know, we, we want to see as many people out there as we can. This is wonderful, and for the listeners that like the behind the scenes stuff, in addition to all the things you're doing here. They find out you're a certified chef, and that's one of the things I like about the show. I try to learn something new every time I do an interview. This was a good one. Well, Chris, I thank you. You have a nice day, and we'll see you at the track. All righty, Dawn. Thank you. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. And now, back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. All right, listeners, up next is Tom Lang with all the latest drag racing news. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you, as always. I thank you. Hey, you've always been an advocate for racers getting involved in organizing and promoting events. This week's Heavyweight 8 Pro Mod Race at Dragway 42 is just that type of event. Yes, Don, the Heavyweight 8 is back for a return match. In just its second year, this race shows what can be done when racers take charge of their own future. Uh, This race is the brainchild of the Romer family, who have a long history of organizing and sponsoring races in northern Ohio. They were behind the Friday Night Door Wars races at Norwalk about 15 years ago. Along with John Vergotz and John DeServo, They were the originators of the Asphalt Wars series at Thompson Raceway Park. And together with DeServo and Kurt Stedding, they started the Heavyweight 8 last year at Dragway 42. Uh, 
Uh, last year's race was a quick eight format for pro mods and also any top sportsman cars that wanted to race heads up. And for an inaugural event, it turned out to be quite a race. Uh, the bump spot in the eight-car field was taken by Tim Molnar in his elite top sportsman Camaro with a 399. So the entire field was in the three-second zone. Uh, the top four cars all ran in the 370s, so that field was very stout. Uh, unfortunately, heavy rains moved in before the final round could be run, so John Camp and Kurt Stedding decided to split the purse. But these days, that big novelty check seems to be as important as the money, so Camp and Stedding decided that they would run for the check during testing at the PDRA race at Galat Motorsports Park two weeks later. They also decided they would race right off the trailer. No testing, no tuning, pull them out of the trailer and let's go race. And John Camp got the best of Kurt Stedding that day. So Camp comes into this year's race as the defending champion. Uh, this year's race promises to be even better than last year. In addition to last year's sponsors, R&R Auto Body, DeServo's Premier Construction, and P2 Contracting, Erie's A1 Automotive has come board on as a sponsor, making this race the best-paying uh, quick eight-type race we've had in our area. The winner will be taking home $5,500. The runner-up will bank $3,500. The total purse will be over $15,000. Uh, Bars Leaks has also jumped in with a $1,000 low qualifier award and a contribution to the purse. Uh, plus, this year's race also features some new classes, RAB Trucking, KB Trailer Sales, and Motorsports Unlimited have pitched in to sponsor a quick eight for Outlaw Dragsters. So those teams will be a part of the action, which is cool for them because those cars don't have, any, don't have as many races available to them as do the Pro Mods. Uh, there's also going to be an Outlaw Limited Street class as well. And those are just the heads-up classes. A Dragway 42 Summit Index Series will also be on the card, as will the Buckeye Stock Superstock Series, which is a class that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, my first involvement in organizing, promoting drag races began back in 1995 with a Stock Superstock race at Fairmont Dragway. Uh, race Car Rich will serve as competition director for the Pro Mods, as he did last year. And I can tell you, Rich has worked tirelessly to make this year's race better than last year. He is personally responsible for the involvement of Bars Leaks. Now, we're expecting a very stout field of cars. Although, despite serving as one of the sponsors of the race, the P2 contracting team will not be taking part due to a previous commitment. So if you would like to see some of the best Pro Mod teams in PDRA competing at a local track, head to Dragway 42 this Saturday for the Heavyweight 8. The gates open at 8 a.m. You know, just one week after that race, the IHRA Bracket Finals will be run at Dragway 42. And that race marks a milestone for one of the local track operators. Why don't you tell us about it? Uh, yes, Don, for the first time in recent memory... The IHRA Bracket Finals will not be run at Keystone Raceway Park. Uh, there's a meeting of track operators at the Bracket Finals every year, 
and among other business that needs to be addressed, the track operators vote on where the finals will be held the following season. At last year's meeting, it was decided that this year's finals would be held at Dragway 42. So not only does this mark the first time in over 10 years that the finals won't be held at Keystone, it will also give Keystone Raceway Park President and CEO Greg Miller a well-deserved weekend off from being the man in charge. Now, Greg is very proud of his facility, deservedly so, and he's also proud of the job his staff does in providing an ex- excellent facility in a very well-run race. So this year, Keystone Raceway Park will be closed that weekend as Greg, his staff, and the team of racers from Keystone will be at Bra- Dragway 42 for the bracket finals. And Greg will have the opportunity to sit back and enjoy being at the racetrack and not have the weight of the world on his shoulders. So the That'll be a nice opportunity for Greg not to be the guy running everything. He probably could use a break. Hey, is there anything else we need to cover? Uh, Yes. Uh, After three rained-out efforts so far in 2021, the Renegade Racing Association finally got a chance to celebrate their 10th anniversary season at Thompson Raceway Park. In the Rossler Transmissions 890 class, Bill Benson took home the win. Brian Kelly was the victor in the Rick Sigmund Memorial 990 class, presented by Perfect Converter Company. Gene Adamic took the win in the Mike Brown Customs 1050 class. And in the first-time automotive 1150 class, Phil Nordquist uh, got the win. Uh, you know, it's a running joke with everyone that's involved in the Renegade Racing Association. Uh, obviously, they shorten that to RRA. Well, it rains so often at their events that they've re- they've decided to change the name to really raining again because it seems to rain at all their events. Matter of fact, it started raining after the event was completed yesterday. But uh, that's another organization that was put together by racers. It's run by racers, and uh, they organize and promote the event themselves, and it's turned into a pretty good series that uh, a lot of people enjoy taking part in. So uh, it was nice to see them finally get a race in this year. I guess you have to have a sense of humor. R-R-A. Really? Raining again? Well, that's like PDRA. Uh, we went a streak of, I believe, 17 straight races that rain affected a PDRA race, so they decided to change that name to Professional Drought Relief Association. (laughs) That's beautiful. Did we cover everything? Yes, Don, I think that's going to cover everything for this week. Well, I thank you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Don. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. 
Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Fans, joining me now, a good friend and a damn good announcer, Mike Dutko. Mike, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Don. How about yourself? You know, when you were at, at Lernerville on Friday, it was like so many memories came back of the years that you were there and some of the times when we worked together. So bef- let's start with Lernerville. You, start, you went there in 1984 and you were there till 2005. Some of the things yeah. that you did and some of the things that you would say, like uh, the pucker brush uh, well, Pucker Brush, yeah, that was actually Jim Ferguson's line. When somebody would go off the track and turn two, and he would say they were down in the Pucker Brush. I see. So I resurrected that one on Friday because I wanted people to remember, Jim. That one, two to go, two to go. Yeah. So many yeah. special memories. And then yeah. you went to Mercer in 06, and you were uh, doing both of them for a while there. And I, I distinctly remember talking to you at the bottom of the steps at Lernerville, and you were kind of frustrated about some things that were happening at Lernerville, and uh, I said to you, how long of a ride is it from Stoneboro to Lernerville? I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever. And then I, Mm -hmm. I said, how long of a ride is it from your house to Mercer, and I saw a light bulb going on. (laughs) Next thing, yeah, definitely. Next thing I knew, you were, you were at Mercer, and. It, it didn't matter where you were. I always enjoyed some of your quirks or some of your sayings. Uh, and, and you had a way of making the fans laugh. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. We're not in the racing business. We're in the entertainment business. Well, that's it. I figured as an announcer, we have an obligation to educate and entertain. And because uh, the thing is with the educational thing, and it, it can get lost real easy. Not everybody that comes to those races knows exactly what's going on. So you got to do the rudimentary, this is what the flags mean, okay, this is what that guy did, you know, 
This is this is why the one guy's talking to the other one about his mother and that that sort of thing. <laughs> there you go with that sense of humor. Wish, wish his mom well. Yeah, yeah. wish his mom well. What was it like when you look back and think about almost four decades of entertaining the fans and having fun doing something you loved? Yeah, oh, I really did. And actually, if you if you schedule my radio show in there with it, before that, it's well over four decades. Well, let's talk about and that. So, yeah. Well, what happened was I was working for Quaker State, and they eliminated my job right after I'd gotten married. So I needed a way to get into the races next year. And I had been the assistant sports director at WFRA in Franklin. So I came up with the brilliant idea that I was going to get a racing show together. And I actually had Pennzoil, I had a national sponsor for two years. And they went with me, and that way I got, that way I got into races free. <laughs> <laughs> got to meet a lot of people and have some good times and work hard, and the radio station was great. That, that got it going, because I spent a lot of time talking to Don Martin, and I would drive down to Sarver and sit and talk with him at his trucking company. And, and then uh, Sharon had a roving announcer going, and Don said to me, he says, you're going to be my roving announcer. And I said, well, that's cool. And when they gave me my microphone, it was a telephone. Homer Martin, Don's brother, was an absolute electronic genius. And he figured out how to work so that a cordless telephone would work as the cordless mic at the racetrack. So it was a little bit odd holding the phone up to people's face to get an interview. But a lot of these microphones would break up at different distances and so on. That thing was perfect all the time. I didn't know that. I thought I knew everything about learning. I mean, I knew who Homer <laughs> Martin was, but I did not know that. And I, when you were the roving, Mike, who was in the booth? Jim Ferguson. Jim Ferguson. Jim yeah. Ferguson was in the booth, my buddy Jim. And Jim and I had a, a great relationship. You know, I, uh, I enjoyed what I did down on the racetrack. And I had no, no intentions or inkling or anything but I wanted his job because I really enjoyed mine. I think that's what made us such a good team because he was the announcer. He was the track announcer. No, no fans or butts. And I was the guy down on the racetrack. And then the second year, Don, Don uh, built me a Jeep for Roven Mike. <laughs> it was, I was like, wow, I got a Jeep. So we got the Jeep, and the first night I rolled into the pits with this thing. Now, I've never push-started anything. And I rolled into the pits, and some guy runs up and says, hey, give us a push here. I'm like, how in the heck am I going to do this? Because you know how the pits are like at Lernerville yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. We, we got him pushed off. We got it done. <laughs> I was scared to death the whole time we did it, but we got it done. Mike, we're going to need to take a quick break. Hold that thought. Fans, we're talking to Mike Dutko. We'll be back after these messages. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. 
Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. All right, fans, we're back talking to Mike Dutko, one of the best announcers in western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and the surrounding areas. So let's pick up with you being a push truck or a Jeep driver, push truck driver, whatever you want to call it. Let's go with the rest of that story. Yep. Yeah, so I had to push this guy off. We're, we're flying down through the pits, and there's people everywhere. And I, I could just see I'm going to wipe out six people, two cars, and, and Don's going to fire me for sure. But we got it done, and it, and it worked out okay. But, man, my heart was in my throat the whole time we got that car started. Well, then, how long were you doing the on-track announcing on the telephone? Um. Gosh, I think we used we used telephone for two years, maybe three. I'm not sure that we didn't just use the microphone or the telephone the whole time. And I don't remember actually having an actual microphone. Well, then, when did you get up in the booth? It was three years after. It was 1987 that I went up to the booth. And the really cool thing about that is a lot of people will know or maybe don't know that Craig Rankin and I have had a long-term friendship. And the night that I announced my first feature at Lernerville was a sprint car feature. And Craig Rankin won his first ever feature event that night. That is so cool. So it, it tied the two of us in together, and it was just, oh, man. It, it, it was something special for both of us. Craig, a gentleman, uh, excellent driver. Now, keep me on the same page if I'm wrong. You did, you had some artwork done for backing in, and was Craig's car the one that was yes. in the backing in picture? Yes. Yep, Craig, yeah. Craig's car was the one that was in the artwork for the backing in that we got the T-shirts made, the Rapid On Racing on one side, and, and the backing in report on the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings... I still have the artwork. I'm going to try to get some retro T-shirts made up. Cool. Well, if you do, yeah. I need a I need a 2X. Okay, you got it. All right. Now, Absolutely. You mentioned back an in report on Rapping on Racing and some of the funniest comments that you made. I mean, you do the report all the time, but then there were times where you and Curry would get into this on-air banter <laughs> about things, uh, singing Christmas songs. Anything that you can recollect with your, your deal with Curry on the show? I, well, it started out as a challenge. We were going to have a go-kart race. And the, and the darn race rained out. We were going to do that up at Slippery Rock, and the race got rained out. So we just carried it over to to the radio show. And there were a lot of people that thought we hated each other. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't the case at all. We were very good friends. And I just loved to crank him up, and he would crank me back. And then we did the Christmas carols. That was the highlight, I think. Every year, each of us wrote a Christmas carol. Yeah. And, and would sing the Christmas carols and... Gosh, that's just so many great memories with Dick. That was that was just so much fun. 
Well, now let's get back to Lernerville because then when you went up in the booth, Joe Joe Brenner was doing on track, and then I think there was a yeah. short period of time where I was doing on track with you and having a mm-hmm. lot of fun. And I know sometimes back and yeah. forth it was just, and I'm sure the fans they loved it. Yeah, I think they, I think they enjoyed it. You know, you can go to excess with some things, but I don't think that was ever the case with you and I. No. We, we 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 fed off of each other like ham and egg, you know. But actually, for us, it was two hams. But two hams. <laughs> we just, we just, I don't know. I, I just looked forward to it so. You know, working with you was so much fun. You're such a class individual. You know so much about the local racing scene, and it was just such a natural combination. I mean, there was nobody. I mean, nobody could touch us for quality. No, it was good. And and later on, I had the opportunity to do that with Dow at Lernerville and Pittsburgh. Uh, mm-hmm. Similar scenario. Yeah. That was after you uh, went to Mercer. Uh, many times, yeah. uh, I would get to come down to Mercer and visit with you in the booth. Now, I want to hold that thought. We need one more break. We're talking to Mike Dutko, and we'll be back after this. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Saturday Night Racing Entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Mike Dutko, the voice of Lernerville and Mercer Raceway Park. Now, when you went to Mercer, similar, a lot of the cars running there you were familiar with uh, from Lernerville, but uh, was there an adjustment period there, or did it just come to you automatically? No, I think it came to me fairly automatically. The biggest adjustment was that Mercer is a little bit smaller, so you had to talk a little bit quicker. But... Uh, Really, there wasn't much of a much of a difference. And there were a few guys that did run at Lernerville that ran strictly at Mercer, so I had new names and numbers to recognize and learn. But I'm I'm the worst person in the world when it comes to recognizing someone and who they are, which is why I became a racetrack announcer because the guy's name is is pasted right on his uniform there, so I know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking to. You know, and and at Mercer, you you actually did the on track. You come down out of the booth, and the drivers would come up through the where the flag stand was. And some of the funniest comments, I, I, you know, when you were interviewing these guys, they probably had trouble keeping a straight face. Yeah, some of Rick Majors especially comes to mind. Yeah, 
you know, Rick had a Rick had a particular good luck charm that I teased him mercilessly about. And that was his powder blue underwear that he wore every night he went racing. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yep. Wait yes, till. he had a pair of powder blue underwear that he wore to go to the race. Wait till I see. That was his... I mean, yeah. That was a good one. But, and there's a guy that, you know, talk about great friendships. We see each other at the races now. We'll sit down. We'll, I went one time, and Rick was talking to somebody. He just broke off the conversation, walked over. We sat and talked for an hour. A great driver. Great. I mean, really. geez. That, 85, yes. that 85B was in victory lane so many times. A whole lot. Yes, it was. Yep. Something else that yep. I like he's, is he's, the nick, the nicknames. Now, the West Virginia Wild Thing, was that your nickname? That was mine, yes. For Casella. Yeah, uh, for Mark Casella. Actually, his team was going to call him the West Virginia Invader. And I said, no, not the way he drives. He's the West Virginia wild thing. Yeah. <laughs> and people love that, you know. I think that was probably one of the biggest ones that I had. That, uh, Les Myers was the first guy that I gave a nickname to, the Reno Rocket. Uh, there's just been so many. I think there was close to 30 or 40 of them that I passed out over the years. One of the things, one of my favorite pictures of Casella was he's coming out of turn four at Lernerville, and he's flipping. And you can see the belly pan of his car, and it says, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. he... Mark, Mark, he was a cool guy. He was a really cool guy. I remember <clears throat> we, we ran our micros at uh, Sportsman Speedway. And I'm getting ready to be pushed off in my micro, and somebody snapped a shot of that, and in the background, crashed down, waiting for us to go out to watch us, is Mark Casella. That was pretty neat. Well, you mentioned your micro, and I'd like to talk about the time you were at one of the tracks. Might have been Raceway 7. I don't know where you were. And a fella near and dear to all of us came over and started handing you wrenches, and that was Lou Blaney. Oh, my gosh. That was the first night. It was down at Don Hickory. And I was under the car doing something. I had the car up in the air. And, and there's not much to adjust under a micro, but I was fixing something. And I was reached out from under the car with my hand looking for the wrench, and I couldn't find it. And I heard a voice say, here, let me get that for you. And I handed it to me, and I tightened up the bolt, and I crawled out from under the car. Here's Lou Blaney standing there. And Lou starts quizzing me about my car and how are you set up. What do you think you'll be doing here? What do you think you'll be doing? And I'm like, holy crap. This is Lou Blaney. Telling me, talking to me about racing. Yeah, I was I was totally freaked out. In fact, we almost had a problem at Hickory because when I ran my car, people were upset because I had Craig Rankin, Mark Casella. I'm trying to think. Well, Tim Guzzo was part of that too. But I had like four drivers that were my pit crew. Everybody was like, "You shouldn't have drivers be his pit crew." <laughs> but. But I was like, "Holy man!" Yeah, that's that's awesome. Just carried, just carried over from the guys. Carried over from the guys from the track, you know. I don't know that. I don't know that there's a drive probably somewhere that I didn't get along with. But by and large, I think it was every one of them. There was no danger that he was going to want to drive your micro. Uh, 
no, we'd have had to raise the wing up a little bit, probably. <laughs> but if he'd have wanted to take it out, I'd have handed him the keys. Yeah. Fans, we're talking to Mike Dutko, former announcer at Lernerville and Mercer. Um, some of your thoughts on uh, being at Lernerville for that sprint show. That had to be special. It was very special. You know, Mike Lazikowski gave me a call, and he said, would, would you even consider coming down and announcing the sprint car portion? I said, well, heck yeah. I would love to do that. So my, my nephew Jimmy is the race director now, so luckily I had to ride down the back because the vertigo problems I have kind of restrict what I can do. Well, we got to the racetrack, and I don't know how many people, Mike, wow, it's so good to see you. It's so good to hear you. And then when I started talking, it was people saying, wow, you sound so good. Oh, I remember what you said. And then I tried to work into things like Jim's into the pucker brush and, and, and some of the old sayings that went on at the racetrack. And it was just so cool. So many people came up to the booth to say hello. It was like old home week. Well, you were respected. You were, they enjoyed it. They, they loved what you were doing. Hold that thought. This will be our last break. Mike Dot. We're talking to Mike Dutko, and we'll be back after these messages. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, Give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. All right, fans, we're back again talking to Mike Dutko, the former announcer at Lernerville and Mercer. Okay, pick up where we left off. Well, I had a number of people who came up to the booth and were like, do you remember me? Do you remember me? If you didn't have your name written on your jacket, no, I didn't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> so the only one that I remember, and I don't want to single anybody out because I'll forget somebody, but that was Mark Hawk, yeah. who I worked with for years at Lernerville. And I have to single Mark out because... He finally paid off our football bet that he owed me for over a year. How'd this bet come he told about? Me the Cle- he told me the Cleveland was going to win the division last year. And I said, there's no way. The Steelers will win the division. And the Steelers wound up winning it. So he was going to give the money to Jimmy to give to me, but he never did. So when he heard I was coming to Lernerville, he got a hold of me on the internet there and says, I'll be down. He says, I haven't been there probably since a couple of years after you left. Yeah. So he says, I will be there. 
and I'll come up and see. So he came, and I got my 10 bucks. So his credibility has been restored. Yes, it has. It has been restored. Now we're going to go with another bet for this year. So Everything doesn't always happen at the racetrack, and I'm going to make a statement that people are going to think I have no cooth. But in my entire life, I've only been to one play, and Don and I were there with you and your wife. Do you remember the play? Yes, we went to see Phantom of the Opera. And it was a good one. It was great. Yeah. Well, I knew you would enjoy it. You know, yeah. it was just a matter of getting you there to see it. Well, and uh, now you're edu- educated. If you hadn't uh, suggested it, I would have never went. I mean, that just that's not yeah. not in my wheelhouse, you know. But now, yeah, no, I didn't think it was. I was I was going to say it's kind of funny because I know a couple times I've run into you and you've been you've been humming songs from Phantom all these years later. <laughs> Stuck in my head, you know. One of the things yeah. that I always enjoyed when I'd come to Mercer and uh, Vicky was there, and then Bill Altman, I'd just come up in the booth and just sit there and watch you and listen and laugh at some of the things that you would say to the drivers, or when you would interact with a fan, you'd see somebody walking by, and maybe they were doing something, uh, maybe. Uh, dragging their kid along or something funny, you would always make them feel like they were part of the show. Yeah, probably the best one is my buddy Jeremy Weaver. You know, Jeremy was probably in the fifth or sixth grade, something like that, maybe even earlier. And I would play music on the breaks at Mercer, and he would be down front pretending he was playing the air guitar. So I had him come up, and, and I talked to him a little bit, and he started doing that every year. And I struck up a friendship with Jeremy and his family. And in fact, the one year for the Halloween thing, Jeremy came to the racetrack as me. He had this microphone with him. He had a pillow stuffed under his shirt for a belly. <laughs> and, and, and it was just hilarious. Jeremy went on to race go-karts. And I helped his dad out with the cart one year. And Jeremy said to me, Mike, you've got to get a cart, and we could have a team next year. And I'm like, yeah, Jeremy, put me on, on the go-kart. It's like an elephant on a unicycle. <laughs> But I found a cart, and we and we put it together, and we were called My Buddy and Me Racing. And, I mean, when we came into pits, it looked like one of us had been through a famine and the other one caused it. But <laughs> we, had, we had such a good time. And Jeremy, Jeremy played basketball here at the high school, and I was the high school basketball announcer for 20 years. So, you know, I have a special relationship with Jeremy over the years. I love seeing the way his career is developing. And I think he's going to be a good one if he can get a little bit of money behind him and a little bit of seat time. I've seen him race. He's got a lot of talent. Yes, he really does. Yep. I, I announced at Tri-City a little while back, and he led his first laps that he's led in the sprint car. So he wants me to announce every time now. Yeah, well, you're going to become uh, the the uh, backup uh, quarterback announcer at these tracks, and I think it's a nice uh, it's a nice touch. I like doing that. You know, I don't don't want to do it on a full-time basis anymore. Um, I'm getting too old for that. But it's fun to just go in for a night, have some fun. Uh, Over the course of my career, I think I've probably announced every racetrack in in western Pennsylvania. So that's been pretty neat. Now, you mentioned how nice it was when Craig Rankin uh, won. Uh, what would what would be the worst night of announcing for you where something really unusual or 
uh, bad happened? Well, I remember Rick Verkle flipping off at turn three at Lernerville. The night he, when he went off at turn three, his car was so high in the air and flipping so hard that I was sure he was dead. And as it ter- turned out, he was okay. That scared me more than anything I've seen in race cars. That and Dick Rankin's crash in his modified. Yeah. Yeah. He crashed through the fence at, at, at Tri-City. I was standing down there with my practice wife, and I said, now what's this? <laughs> and he came down into the hall into that corner, and it just kept going. And he went 10 yards from us when he went through the fence. Wow. And it, it was pretty scary. That's why I say I met the Rankins by accident, because I went then, I was doing my radio show, took some, just some magazines and stuff up, because he was in the hospital for a broken knee. And met him there, and then when I was doing the Rove and Mike thing, Dick came down the when we were talking, and Craig was going out for hot laps, his first, his first ever hot lap session. And he flipped the car in turn four, and Dick said, he doesn't have a penny to his name. Well, I gave, I think I was making 50 bucks a night that night. So I gave the 50 bucks to Craig, and that's how we got started. What a class act. He actually uh, made the time from his busy schedule to be at Mercer for your last night. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. He came, he came down there. I, I, I can't tell you how much respect I have for Craig. When I bought my micro sprint, he went with me to look at the car. Uh, I've gone to basketball playoffs to watch his son, Noah, play basketball. I can't say enough about Craig. How about He's, He is class. How about the funniest race? I mean, other than Rick Major's blue underwear, something funny that happened either while you were in the booth or doing on track. It was doing on track one night, and it was cold. I mean, it was really cold. And so I got the bright idea. We had them great big uke tires on the front straightaway. So I took a bucket of water, and I put it in the uke tire, and I changed into my bathing suit, and it was like 40 degrees. It was cold. And I walked out, and I've got a towel around my neck, and I'm walking over to the uke tire. Ferguson is like, what are you doing? And then we're, we're laughing back and forth. And just as I go to get in this uke tire so I can splice some water around, the firemen, unbeknownst to me, are coming with Indian tanks. And they sprayed me down from head to toe with that water. Holy mackerel, was that cold. But it was fun. <laughs> It was fun. Never a dull moment. Well, no. we're coming. To, uh, we're about to wrap this up. Uh, any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? And do you promise the next time you announce somewhere, I can have you back on the show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want to close this one thing because I want to make sure. I hope you got to hear that I said hello to you. I did on, on the broadcast. Yes, Good. I'm glad you got to hear that because there are a few people in racing that I respect more, if there even are people, that I respect more than yourself. I, I we re- have had, we've had some great times together over the years. Uh, we've had some bitter times over the year when we went to Don's funeral and rode, rode you know, together. But you and I have always been the best of friends. I ever remember either one of us raising our voices to the other one. No. And you, you mentioned Don's funeral. Funeral, I, I was crying my eyes out. I just couldn't control myself. Uh, it was so yeah. tough. 
Yeah. Yes, that was. That was very, very tough. It was so tough. But I, like I said, Don, you, you've always just treated me with, with respect. You've made me feel good. You've pumped me up when there were times I probably didn't, didn't need to be and shouldn't have been. But you've always supported me in everything that I've done and as a genuine friend. And I will never forget that. A very good friend, and I thank you for being with us tonight, and it's a promise you'll be back. Okay, buddy, I'm looking forward to it. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. 
a message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Race fans standing here with the gentleman who became the 150th winner all time in super late model competition at the Bedford Speedway, picking up the biggest win monetarily of his career, $12,000. I'm standing here with the crusher, Mike Norris. Congratulations on the big win. Yeah, I appreciate it. Tell you what, this car is definitely hooked up, and you did something a lot of people didn't think you would be able to do. You went to the high side and made that pass for the lead. Yeah, there was just a little bit of brown coming off the floor, and you could carry your momentum a little better coming through the center, and I could get a pretty decent run off, and I found it about two laps before that and was just kind of waiting for the right moment. And Thankfully, he left me a lane up there and was able to make the pass. And I felt pretty good early, and then that lap car was trying to get off the track and got us all bottled up, and I lost the lead. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get it back because this place can be kind of hard to pass at times, but uh, it all worked out for us. Then late in the race, you were actually side-by-side with um, some lap cars and Max and Satterley were closing in. Um, was your crewman able to let you know that Satterley was coming, or were you even aware that the 22 was came from uh, 22nd up to finish second? I mean, he was showing my gap was closing, but I figured it would be because those guys were racing me awful hard um, when I was trying to lap them, and I got kind of tied up there for a while. But once I got by them, and he showed me I had a decent enough gap that we wouldn't have to worry about nothing, but uh, I don't care if I would have won by the... You know, a hair. Winning's winning, and we're just glad to get this one. How big is this? Um, We've talked before, me and you, about you made your name on the big tracks, and you're also a Lernerville track champion. But to come up here to Bedford, ULMS's biggest race of the year, I believe, $12,000 to win. I mean, you've won with the World of Outlaws, and you've won before with the ULMS, but it has to be nice when you get into those five-digit wins. Yeah, no doubt. And that was kind of a mental block for me. We hadn't won one yet, and we'd we'd beat a lot of people that have won them, so we knew we were close, and just, uh, you know, the cards had to fall our way. And it, for me personally, it means a lot, because I've, I've kind of had a barrier set in my head that I couldn't get this done. And I uh, just paced myself early, and everything fell our way, and uh, just had a pretty solid night, so we'll, we'll take it. And did you realize that you became the 150th winner here? You know, the, the list of guys who have won here at Bedford. And you're, you're the outsider. You're from down Pittsburgh area. And you come all the way up here and take home the big money. Yeah, it's huge. We, we've been good here in this car in years past. And even in my car, we've had speed here. Just never could quite put a night together. And 
like I said, for a place that's been around as long as this, it's kind of been a staple in racing out this way. It's that's a big deal for anybody, you know. So I'm I'm honored to be that guy, I guess, and just happy for happy for Todd and uh, just thanks to everybody that put me in this position. And we've talked before, you guys kind of have the same equipment to where it doesn't matter if it's a 72 or an O2 on it. You know, it's going to be a good um, quality motor, a rocket chassis, Integra shocks. And that has to say a lot when you know it doesn't matter what you're in, you're in the best equipment out there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, My dad and Todd put great stuff under me, and I'm thankful for that. And both those cars are a little older, but they, they prove they can still get the job done. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. They both respond pretty pretty closely, you know, depending on what you throw at them. So we're, we're happy. What does the rest of the year hold for uh, the 72-02 Millertown Pick-Apart Todd's Auto Body uh, racing team? Hard to say. We're kind of week by week. Well, we might go to the world next week. We might not. It's kind of hard to get tires right now, so we'll just pick and choose. I got a couple weddings at the end of the year, so it'll just be week to week. Anybody you'd like to go ahead and thank? Uh, I got to thank my wife, Jesse, and uh, my dad, and my uh, crew chief, Dakota, and Todd, and Clint. Um, Got a huge group of guys behind me, and uh, like you said, Rocket, Integra. That was a Dorham Ford tonight, and Gary Henry Racing Engines, and... uh, D&D Auto Salvage, Miller's Sound Pick Apart, Jay's Auto Wrecking, um, Todd's Auto Body, just got a good group of people. Corey Fox Trucking, got a, thankful to have a lot of people helping me. Now, I believe it was last year you were had a very good opportunity presented to you where you joined Clint Boyer Racing and you went on a World of Outlaws series for part of the year. Did that help you to be able to adjust as a driver to going to all these those different tracks so when you come up here you're able to maybe give i don't want to say better feedback because that makes it almost sound like the feedback wasn't good but improve we'll say yeah no doubt yeah we ran with the lucas guys for 12 races i think and uh we went to 12 different tracks that i've never been to before so it definitely helped when when you're going to a new place and kind of just staying in your own box and just not overthinking it and just adjusting the car to what you feel and you know it, it definitely helps and anytime you run with faster guys speed rubs off so running with the best will make you the best and you've become quite the hired gun you know before you won all your races in the family-owned cars and then you teamed up with todd and then you got the freak motorsports ride and you became a two-time Duke george champion with the great cars and you know it just seems like no matter what michael norris is in you're gonna win yeah, I don't know about going to win, but, yeah, they, they all put me in great equipment, and I'm just lucky enough to drive it. And at this day and age, good equipment means, you know, a ton. So you can be an awesome driver and be in an ill-handling or poorly prepared car and make you look really bad. So it's a testament to all the car owners and people that have helped me. Michael, thank you for your time. Congratulations again on that win. Yeah, thank you. Saturday Night Racing Entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. The Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks. The Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns. And the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. 
Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. Listeners, our next guest is Matt Bernard, the hobby stock driver in Car 15 at Pittsburgh. Matt, good evening. How are you? I'm good. Now, you're one of the young drivers there. I understand you're a senior at West Allegheny High School. Uh, do your buddies at school know what you do? Yeah, uh, a lot of people know. Do any of them ever come to the races? Uh, some do. Yeah. Good. Well, that's good. Now, have you had any jobs in racing prior to driving? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. And I'm, is this your second year at Pittsburgh? Uh, no, this is my fourth year. Fourth year. Okay. Well, on your page, I saw a car 51. Was that you? Uh, no. Okay. I should be 15. Yeah, well, this was an old picture. It looks like a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was an old picture of it. Yeah, yeah. real old. And so you've been in racing for four years. Had you had any racing experience prior to that? Uh, Go-karts, anything like that? Not really. Cool. So you just jumped into the deep water. That's that's pretty cool. (laughs) What do you like best about racing? I mean, you strap that helmet on, you get in the seat, it's like you're in your office. What do you like the best about racing? I love being able just to get in the car and drive and not have to focus or worry about anything else yeah and the fans yeah now how about the toughest part obviously the finances paying for everything is is tough but uh anything else there that uh you're not real happy about because it's pretty tough to deal with uh going to school and work all the time trying to make time to work on the car what kind of work do you do uh i'm a mechanic oh where at uh viber's garage is West Allegheny a tech school? Uh, no, it's um, it's a high school. Okay, so where'd you get your training to be a mechanic? Well, I actually started out going to work with my dad back when I was like 13. Okay. And I've been going ever since. And um, after that, the boss kind of really liked me. So um, he gave me like a part-time job. And I'm actually doing like a program for the school that makes it so I can go to work half the day. Yeah. And just do my classes that I need. Now, do they call it cooperative education? I'm not sure exactly how they word it, yeah. but I call it like a work release. Yeah. See, I did that for 15 years uh, at South Folk Tech where I would take kids out in their senior year for half a day school and half a day work. And I had an awful lot of people that have become very successful in their careers. So I applaud you for that. That's an excellent way. Get the rest of your schooling in. Get some good work experience. Your future's all set. You'll have a good job, and you won't have $200,000 worth of student loans like some of these people go to college and take courses where they can't get a job. But anyway, okay, if you couldn't go racing, do you have any hobbies? What would you do? I mean, I like to hang out with my family a lot, normally always with my family. Uh, Me and my cousins like to go riding a lot. Other than that, kind of just hang out. Family is the most important part of anything, especially racing, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, what would you say was your best moment since, since you started? I, I know you got a podium finish last week. Uh, was that your highest finish down there? 
I think my highest finish is second. Second. The announcer, Jim Zufall, said, you need to get this uh, kid on the show because he's really moving up the ladder. So I guess Jim's been paying attention. How about uh, something that happened that was kind of embarrassing? Well, I mean, spinning out is always embarrassing. Yeah. But, uh, well, probably not being able to get my car back on the track after wrecking. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys, I mean, I've heard every story. I mean, I've been doing this for 41 years. I must have interviewed thousands of drivers. Probably the most common is they forgot to put the hood pins in or they didn't fill the gas. Those are the two that pop up the most. But uh, Yeah. And everybody does it. (laughs) There's been many times when we had duct tape on our hood. I've actually had a hood fly off. Yeah. And uh, I was actually racing for a while with it off, and then it actually flopped in front of me, and I couldn't see. And then they black flagged me, and I had to get off. Well, that was that was a wise decision. (laughs) I got I got a couple more air laps out of it. Yeah. Now, uh, what was it? How did you get into racing? What was the reason? Well, I've been going to the track like my whole life. My um, dad's been going there forever. Um, my uncle's been going there forever. My uncle actually used to work there a long time ago. Who's your uncle? So, uh, uncle Mo. Uh, Mo. Yeah, Mo Bernard. Yeah, was he one of the officials or corner worker? No, he, he, he used to go on the weekends and help clean yeah. bleachers and clean up and everything. Cool. Well, That was back when um, Red Miley owned it. A couple years ago. Hey, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Matt Bernard, the driver of number 15 in the hobby stocks at Pittsburgh. Uh, Other than winning a race, what would your goals be? What would you consider a good season, which is rapidly coming to an end? Uh, What would you like to do that you haven't done yet except for the winning? Keep the car in one piece. Do not damage the body. Yes. Now, did you build? What's that? Did you build the car or buy the car? I actually, that chassis came out of the weeds. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we started from scratch. We actually built it in three nights. Now, the chassis, did it have a roll cage or it was just a chassis? It was a chassis with a roll cage on it. That's all it was. Yeah. Came out of the weeds. So you resurrected it. Well, it looks good. Yep. I, I like the color. I like the, the, the paint job. It's really, really nice. Um, I try to make it look sharp. <laughs> do you have any sponsors? I do. Let's talk about them. I have Advanced Auto. I have Our Cars Auto Detailing, Fibers Garage, Hot Dogs, Food Truck, Sheer Machine and Motorsports, MT Landscaping. And I think I got them all. If I didn't, I apologize, but well, I think I got all of them. That sounds good. Now, what does Sheer Motorsports do? He's my, actually my engine builder. Cool. Good. And where's he located? Uh, right in Oakdale. Good. Okay, right down the road. How about pit crew? Who's the crew chief? Is Dad the uh, the crew chief? We go back and forth. Yeah. Do you, but, yeah, I, I guess you would consider him a crew chief. Do you get into father-son arguments? Oh, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very normal, you know. You'll yeah. find out. You'll find out as you get older that Dad was a lot smarter than you thought. But that comes with age. We're coming up on a commercial break. Uh, Really enjoy talking to you. This is Matt Bernard. Uh, Is there anybody you'd like to mention? Anyone you'd like to thank? I'd like to thank my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, Adriana, my Uncle Mo, and everybody else who supports me, family, friends. That's about it. 
One of the questions I, I usually like to ask the, dr- the driver, whether it's the wife or the girlfriend, how did you two meet? I actually met her through my cousin. Okay. And we hung out. We've been together for almost three years now. Does she like racing? To an extent. To an extent. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, she gets scared a lot. Yeah. Well, being a girlfriend or a wife or a sister or a mom, that's normal. But you just have to convince her the car's safe, you're doing a good job, and uh, you'll be fine. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for being with us. And the next time I'm at Pittsburgh, I'm going to look you up, meet your crew, and see you face-to-face. I want to thank you for being with us, and you have a nice evening. You too. Appreciate it. means a lot. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. We hope you enjoyed tonight's program. Wrapping on Racing is available every Monday at 6 p.m. on Apple TV, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and RappinOnRacing.com. We want to thank Jennerstown Speedway, the title sponsor for Wrapping on Racing, and our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Environmental Air Incorporated, Plus, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Toma Mean Market, and Zarin Truck and Automotive. Additionally, thanks go to co-hosts Dave Oliveri and our reporters, Howie Bayless, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Tom Lang, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Luzik, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. That's all for this week's Rapid on Racing. I'm Lenny Baticki. We'll see you next time. Stand on it. Come on, man. Stand on it. Stand on it, Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rappin' on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all. Stand on it.